I, I teach in the broadcasting sequence of the College of Journalism and Mass Communications. And just to sort of give a little background on how we ended up using these, these techniques that I'm going to talk about, um, we just revamped our visual literacy core curriculum um, to be a little more, mod more module-based using a, a challenge-based learning model mixed with a Orient-style model, so we kind of re, we did some curriculum, and, and we're using Canvas to present modules to the students um, that they can complete um, as part of the course. And so, what we have is roughly 240 freshmen in this course, which meets in sections of about 20, 18 to 20 students. Um, which means we have 27 this semester, 28 sections of this class. Yeah. <laughs> um, which all need to be the same, basically. So what we have, and I'll kind of go into my courses here and take a look. I'm responsible for four of these 28 sections. Um, we have five faculty that are teaching across all these different sections one of whom is the sort of overall coordinator of the whole visual communications program, as we're calling it, or VizCom. Um, and so she's responsible for the maintenance of the course and for making sure everybody, all the faculty are on the same page. Um, and so part of what she's doing is she's going in and she's creating, we have um, master course, and this is for, uh, so for these courses, and don't pay much attention to the numbers. They kind of correspond to different versions of the course. Um, but we have basically a master course that she and I have worked on and have set up to present all of the modules. And just kind of going through here, um, we've got everything that's pretty much in the modules section. Um, so we've got all these different modules dealing with different skills, typography, photography, layout, video, audio, web design, mobile social, we have advanced modules in like 360 video, data viz, VR, UX design, that kind of thing. And so this course needs to be presented across 28 sub-courses or other sections of the course. Um, and we do that using the Commons, Canvas Commons. I don't know how many of you guys have done anything with Canvas Commons yet. A little bit. Okay. So Canvas Commons is really kind of a neat tool, um, which allows you a lot of flexibility in what you use. Our uh, main use for it, let me just run the comments here. Um, so Canvas Commons allows you to put, basically, store modules, uh, courses, or assignments. I mean, you can get as specific as just putting a specific quiz into the comments and broadcasting or uh, setting that up to multiple courses. But you can do an entire course, which is what we've decided to do. Um, and just so happens, there is an update. There is an update to my course that was put through last night. So I can actually do this live and show you what the actual process is for updating a course from module in comments. I don't know if we call them modules, we call them modules, but that's, there is a module, not to be confused with the modules section. Um, 
So looking at, just kind of going back again to my course listing here. Um, I have there's some four sections of this class. So I have this section, this section, this section, and this section, which are all that course. So they're all based on this master course. And at the beginning of the semester, we did this. Uh, and we discovered a couple things. We'll talk about it a little bit later, what you should avoid. <laughs> we ran through experience. We kind of messed things up and have had to fix them. Um, so I have access to this master course. Um, but the, the, the main instructor, the, the manager, the, the coordinator for the visual communications is the one that actually pushes the modules out to Commons, and then the rest of us go in and, and download. So um, basically, her job, once this course is set up, um, it's updated. So this, this newest update brings in some more additional advanced modules. If I go in and look at one of my courses, Maybe I'll do that just for reference so we have an idea of what actually changed. Um, if I go into my modules for one of my courses, uh, go down to the bottom, we can see these up. You can see some of these modules are unpublished because, and I don't know which one is, I think it's the original unpublished because they are incomplete. If I go into one of these pages, oh, that's there. There's some stuff that's incomplete. I don't know exactly which pieces. Um, but there's some of these, I know this one's probably one of them. Some of these are incomplete. They're missing, never mind, bad example. Some of them I know are missing content. Maybe it's the So some of them have just placeholder text in there at this point, which is why they're unpublished. The students can actually, can't actually see them yet. And so what she's been doing is going through a little bit at a time and updating, adding the descriptions to the projects or the instructions or whatever part of the module needs to be completed. Once she's done that, and that's what this update is about, she'll push that update to Commons, and I will really quickly kind of show that process. So is this the master? This is not the master. This is my course that we're looking at. So there is an update that I will run, which will bring in some of those additional pieces of the modules and publish those. And so, um, But just kind of looking at, there basically is a share the commons button. If you go to the settings for a course, I won't do it here, because this is one of my live courses. Um, but I will share the commons. And if it's been done before, you, should, you have to fill this out the first time. But once it's been done, you can just basically update the module in the comments. So it takes what's already been uploaded to comments, just updates it with whatever has been changed. That's at least my understanding of how it works. Um, the interesting thing to note at this stage is that when you do something like update a module in comments, every piece of uh, assignment, quiz, module, every piece of information in the Canvas course has a background ID. There's a number associated with that. And what it'll do is it'll compare to the course that exists in Commons and compare those IDs and say, does the ID match? If it's sort of in the background, you don't really notice it happening. But this is where we ran into trouble because we had some modules that were replaced accidentally. 
And then the module IDs didn't match, and so it was duplicating new modules and couldn't figure out why it was going to be stuck. So we had to go back and revert everything to. In fact, it was it got so bad by the third week of the semester we had to revert all of our courses to erase to zero and start from scratch, which was a real fun experience. So you have to be very careful um, in doing this that you make sure you maintain from whatever your master course or your original course is that you maintain that consistent. So in your module that you send to Canvas through this process, once you fill all this in, you just share it and it goes into the Canvas Commons. So then I can go in my course, I can go into Commons and I can say, okay, these are, it'll give me a notification, yeah, there's a course that needs updating. If I don't have that done yet, I can just go into courses and I can search for a course. So for JWC, it's going to give me a listing of courses. And if, if this was a new course, I would say this is master course is what I want. Um, here's the one we used for fall, last fall. Oh, this is this is interesting. I have a 134 master course that's in the same curriculum, a different course. Um, so I would find if this were the first time, I would have to go in here and search for it, and I would find that course, and I would tell it I want to update these particular courses. I would check a course, maybe this course, and it would update. Um, I could import into the course. I'm not going to do that here because it's, this is. A so that's how I would start. I would create my Canvas Commons module based on a master course or a base course that I'm using. Uh, then I would go into the Commons, find that course, and import it into any courses that I'm using that need to have that, brought, uh, that spread out upon. Uh, but I will go back, just go back this way, and see. So it's, it's telling me now, I have, I've done that, I have my course, it's been set up. Now there's been an update pushed to the course module in the Commons. So I can go in and view update notes. It'll tell me um, what the updates are. So there's been updates made to some videos, and two of the advanced modules have been completed, and so they've been added and published. And so when I go through these courses, I have to be um, pay attention to, okay, I want, basically it gives me a list of courses that have had this uh, course into them in Commons. So I have to go down my list and see which ones I actually want to use it for. And I don't want to have extras. I'm just going to do one. So I'm going to uncheck all these and just run one of these courses. Um, let me just do my Tuesday 1.30. And if something gets messed up, so I select the course that I want to run an update on, and if I want to do all four, it's probably 14, 24, 26, and 12. There's some residual um, effects from our mess up earlier this semester, so I'll run it. Um, it will give you. This error, every time you do this, it will replace your current resource. Um, that's a little scary. <laughs> what, what you have to remember then is it will replace resource with new versions of that resource. If the resource hasn't changed, 
between your course and the update from Commons. It will kind of skip over it. Um, the good thing that we've discovered about this is it doesn't replace things like grades in the gradebook or scores for assignments or anything like that, attendance records. So you can use the attendance, the roll call module in one of your courses, and it won't replace that information. That will stay with the course. It will just update. In our case, all it really is updating is pieces of the modules that we put in. So it's a little scary to put this, but we do it anyway. Um, then what I can do is I can go back to that course. This is the right one. It will tell me, oh, there's something going on. Because it takes a little bit of time for this to happen. It doesn't happen immediately. Um, I go to that course, and it tells me there's something happening. I, I, usually what I do is I go to the import status, and it actually tells me there's a cartridge. Sorry, I call it a module. It's a cartridge. It's being currently, it's queued. I've never seen that. That a, I mean, there's a lot happening on campus right now. Normally, it just I go here and it just comes right into the. It's sort of got the progression progress bar that's, that's moving across here. Interesting. Try it with another one. Let's see. I'll just do all. And it'll give me errors on four of them because four of them are don't exist anymore because of our erasure and having to reboot the course, which is fine. I can just dismiss those. And then it tells me, yeah, you're done updating. So I can go back in any of my courses now, and it should give me the little message at the top saying there's items being imported. I go to import status and see it's queued. If I go to the 024 section, same status. Again, you can see that this has been updated once already. And it's working. Same thing here. Completed. Um, so they're all queued up. I was hoping that one of them would run. Get finished. There it goes. So this one has been up. This one is normally the course that I test with because it just happens to be the first one on my list. And so whenever I try to bring in something new, I bring it into this course. And if it breaks, I don't do the others. I just have one to fix. But um, so far, everything since our week three explosion has been pretty smooth. So um, it will run. And then what it will do is it will just continue as what it looked like before, except for it will have updated modules. In this case, um, some of them some of them have videos that have been added in for like examples or tutorials. Um, and I'll have to go through and I don't know exactly what she updated. I have to go through and find out. Can I have a question? Yes. A question about the content. Um, in those modules, are the files? Actually saved in Canvas, or are they out in box, or is it a combination? In this case, they're saved in Canvas. Have you ever done anything that's been saved in box in this situation? Not that I can think of. No, you pretty much put everything. There are some things that are linked to like YouTube. Okay, so it'd be kind of a thing situation, I guess. Yeah, okay. and that's 
I mean, it's, it's a. And you don't have a problem with the links breaking or anything? No, they're absolute links, and so as, as long as they still exist on YouTube, yeah. those come across just fine. Do you have any assignments that are group based? And if they are, when they <coughs> copy over, how does that mapping work? We don't, in this particular, have anything that is group based. My understanding of how that works, though, is kind of, well, it's a little, I would preface this by saying I don't know exactly how it works, but my understanding of how it works is the groups are preserved because I do have groups in one of my courses, in this course, I have groups that are divided, I divided the class into two critique groups. Those get preserved across an update. But the, there are no assignments mapped. There are no assignments mapped for a particular group, you know. My, my guess is that would be preserved across assignments. As long as, that's a good question. Because within the master course, yeah, wouldn't there wouldn't be those groups to map to. That would be an interesting thing to look into. But no, for this particular course, I don't have any examples that would. And then another follow-up question. If of your four sections after you, let's say after you've imported the comments, if there's an edit that you have to do to customize to that section, when the, the next update goes in, does that revert that customized edit to the standard one, or will it keep that customized edit? It will revert it. it um, with, with some things, like if I put an announcement in one section, that will stay. The announcements, since anything that is new to this particular section is not affected by the update. If I were maybe to use the example of going into one of the modules to customize maybe some of the instructional material from this particular course, that would revert back. So the idea really here is that we want all of the courses to be exactly consistent and based on a master. Because our goal for this is to really have consistency of instruction, and that's kind of key to that, to have all the same material across all of them. Um, since this is, you know, since this has this the background ID that I mentioned earlier, um, it will compare content to the master and it will use, that's why that warning says it will overwrite whatever's in the master to whatever cor corresponds with the same background ID with whatever content was there. So if you customize it at the class level to run that update, that will go back to whatever the, the module or the, the cartridge, I guess, is the correct term for it, had in it. And that does happen with due dates, too. Yes. And your class doesn't have due dates, so you don't have to worry. Right. So you really have to reset the due date. Yeah, but, it, but in his example, they're making updates throughout the semester, and because everything is consistent and they want that consistency across the board, they don't have to worry. In a class where you'd have 28 sections where you may be making little minute changes for a Tuesday, Thursday versus a Monday, Wednesday, that's where you'd have problems if you're trying to change, and that maybe then you'd only want to make one update every semester at the beginning and bring that course content into. Right. That, that was the main question that yeah. we're asking. Because Ideally, and the only reason we're doing it incrementally is because some of the material for the course is incomplete. Because <laughs> um, we started running this course and we thought, well, we've got to add some stuff to it halfway through. So you're using this more instead of using, of course, copy. 
Yes. Okay. I guess my big question is the comments. Who can get into your information in the comments? How do you set it? So you're the only one. It's it's based on who the instructor is who puts the cartridge. Whoever the instructor is or the person that uploads the cartridge to the commons, that's the only user that can access and make those changes. So in this case, I can't access because I'm not the instructor in charge of pushing it to commons as a cartridge. I can't go in and make now I have access to the master course. So any changes I make in that master course when she goes in and pushes that to a cartridge in Commons, those will get included, but I can't directly edit a cartridge. And I don't know that, that it's possible to even directly edit a cartridge outside of updating the course and updating that, pushing it to the cartridge in Commons. Yeah, you'd have to down, or just get another course shell and download the cartridge into it. I don't think you can edit the cartridge itself directly. So the cartridge is a, is a standalone, it's kind of flat. It's like a package. Right, it fits. So if there's subsequent changes to that master but was not converted to a cartridge, that cartridge doesn't automatically update based on whatever yeah, changes. That's perfect. So there's probably situations where this is maybe not ideal. Especially if you're you know thinking about customizing a course after the fact, little you know, changes here and there within a course. Um, I, I think the ideal situation would be really, and in our case, I would love to not have to update a course over the course or you know multiple times over a semester. I, I, I really believe that eventually, when we have all our modules in place, we'll be able to use this one time at the beginning of the semester, and then it will last the whole semester. In this case, we're still the curriculum for this particular set of courses is still under development, and that's why we're having to do this sort of modeling incremental basis. Ideally, once that's complete, once that building is complete, we'll start a semester. We won't make changes to it during the semester. We'll run all our cartridges into the course, download or import or whatever the term is, and then they'll just run the full semester without having to have those updates. But that might take another semester or two. But like uh, I think you mentioned over here, you know, that's not a terrible lot different than a course copy. Well, my question would be, remember how you said there's that one-on-one -on -one mapping with the unique ID of every item or every assignment? I'm wondering whether the mechanism, is it the same as a course copy? Because I know in a course copy, if the title of the item is identical, it will ask you, do you want to override it? But sometimes, I, mean, I, I haven't pinpointed when does it override and when doesn't it. So I'm just wondering whether the mechanism for this is slightly different than the mechanism for course copy. And if there are to be customized date changes for different sections, maybe this tool may not be as functional as a course copy, simply because a course copy then does, does allow you to blank out the dates. There's that button that allows you to, to blank out the dates, whereas this one, there is no option for that, I'm guessing, to blank out the dates. They're just not included. Yeah, so I'm it is a different mechanism. For our purposes, since these classes meet Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we don't want those dates right. anyway because everyone would have to go in and change them if on a Tuesday course if the master was set up for Monday's due dates, that doesn't work for anyone else. So that's for us, it's 
kind of useless to have the dates included anyway, but that might be, I don't know. Yeah. You know, we, we went ahead and, and did this. We didn't really experiment much with course copy because this presented itself as a pretty viable option for our needs. So I have really not experimented with course copy either to make sure how to see what the differences would be. But so what you're telling us really, you're just changing one in one master course, yes. one, and then it changes it across all well, there's a few steps to go through. Right. Yes, that. but that's, that's the general idea, and yeah. so. In a sense, it is superior to course copy from that perspective, from a content perspective. And so it's a little more automated than a course copy. Right. Like it will tell me, I have updates, I just go in and I just click the courses I want to update and then click update and right. it runs all that. Course copy is a little more. They have to go at each one and change the link curves. Right. So there's a few more steps involved in a course right. copy. So us, with 28 courses, it made a lot of yeah, sense to do courses. To do a course copy, you have to get every instructor access to the master course, and that could lead to some serious problems. That's that's actually how we ran into our issue. <laughs> Somebody accidentally copied the module back into the original master course. So even with the date changes, you're still able to. I mean, still better route for that number of sections because you're just going to change the dates on each section once. That's a one-time reading semester. It would be even better if Canvas had them so that the updates could be automated instead of instructors having to go in and do it manually. But right. Well, we don't have the option to turn it off and on. You can. No, but you better. I actually like that it's not an option or it's not automatic because we had an issue where week three of the semester, one of the beginning of the semester, one of the professors who wasn't really, had never used Canvas before, went in and accidentally downloaded the module Canva cassette. Downloaded the cartridge into the master course, which then, in the process of fixing that, this was before we realized that there was an ID associated with every piece of um, information in there. Um, and cleaning that up, we didn't realize what that was about. And so when we redid the course cartridge, then all, everything had new IDs. When we imported that into another course, it duplicated everything. So everything was original, and then it had all these new IDs on top of it, so everything was duplicated. And that was a most basically an unrecoverable situation. That's why we had to clean the course, erase, start over with a fresh. It must have been an editing. It was a little bit of a pain. And it was, so that's, that's where your, your ability, in this instance, to keep every single buddy involved in the course out of that master to avoid that is kind of a, a big deal. Because you really don't want someone who doesn't really know what they're doing kind of going in and messing with that master course. Even if it doesn't, uh, even if it's not involving putting the cartridge back into it. Um, but if it was an automatic update, like we caught that issue after we'd only done a couple courses. Then we realized, oh, it's doing this. So the rest of the 27 or 6 courses that had, had that update were still OK. Until we redid the module or the, the cartridge, um, and then so we didn't have that. If that had been automatic, it would have just gone through all 28 courses instead of three. The three I think that actually got that actually got really messed up. And then of course the students were like, "There's two of these. Which one do I?" Know. So it was a bit of a bit of an issue. Who has access to the cartridge in the comments? The 
Anybody? Uh, well, actually, you can set access. If you go into the, you can, when you create a cart, is that what you're asking? If you share the commons, you can set um, who can use it. That's like the very first thing. Who can use it if it's public or just within the university? I don't think you can limit it any further than that. But so theoretically, someone else from another college could go in and use our cartridge for the JOMC course. Want to, but it's possible. But if an instructor needed to prevent that from happening, they can select just the University of Nebraska, yeah. for example, and at least limit it to this campus. This campus. Um, you can also, um, I don't know how much how big of a deal it is to say you're copyrighted, but you could put that information in there too. Um, I wonder if a cartridge is already by accident put into public, whether you can retract it. You deleted it and put up a new one. And I can't really check it on ours because I wasn't the one who created the cartridge in the first place. It would have been helpful if I had had actually done that. I did mess around with it with a, uh, like it's a sandbox course. If, if it's not checked, then who can see it? If it's not checked? Well, you have to, it's required, so you won't let you proceed without checking one of the boxes. Um, and I'm assuming, because it says maximum of 10 here, that there could be more options if whoever sets up Canvas provides those. Maybe more, you know, I mean, maybe they could set it to specific colleges within the university or something. I'm not sure that would be a, I don't know if that's a question you guys can answer, or if it's more like a Jeremy Van Hoff question. Yeah. Yeah, it's a general just like when the session started days but otherwise yeah anybody can go into the search and um, if I just go into courses there's you could go through like there's the course that it kind of pops up with a recent list of courses that have been put up there and Richmond County Schools um, So you can kind of go through and find a number of courses, but you, we click on one. Click on one. Medical terminal. Uh, let's try this. Richmond School Algebra. Algebra two. That's that sounds like an actual course. Um, there's not a terrible one you can see. So this option on the right here, this download option. This. That would work for an instructor that wants to take that content but keep it separate from future updates. They, they, they want to import that content into oh, the course, but then, you know, make their own changes and things into the one that's is that correct. What you can do is you could import it into a course in your own course, um, and then if there were updates made to it, if you had made changes to it, you can ignore the updates. It's not like the updates are forced on you. So no, but it's somebody could accidentally, well, the TA could click on it. Well, that's when you want to import these things into a shell first, because the description of what you're getting is very clear, and you're, it's, the description so minimal. So import it into a shell, take a look at it, empty out the shell before you import it to a real course. Trust me, it's not fun to clean that up, because I did it to oh, okay. yeah. class classes. Yeah. Right, class. you cleaned it up. It took a while. Yeah, there's yeah. no important everything into use a real course. Yeah, it's always check it out, because the description's limited. Yeah, that's, that's that, I mean, that's... In our <coughs> list of courses here, there are, we call them master courses, but that's essentially what they are, shell. Yeah. So, 
that master course is a shell course that currently only two of us have been. But if you if you download it and put it in another course, when any update is done on the master, does it shoot and goes inside? You get a notification, you get a notification. but it doesn't automatically. Yeah. Even with download? I thought it's... I think even with download, I don't know if you download oh, it. I don't know if you download There's that connection would be... Uh, I got you. Yes. If, yeah, if there's a download, like you would... That's, that's a good question. I would almost imagine that. Like if I go into... If I download it here and then use that download, I don't think don't break the that there's not that connection gets broken. In fact, um, I've actually inadvertently broken connections in the courses, and I don't even know how I did them or I did it. Like the direct import into a course, and I did something like it, and then it broke the course. Um, the cool thing about it, if that happens, is you can basically reselect it and import again, and it will do basically like an update, and it will reconnect it. So I had that happen last fall, last semester, where I had five of these courses, and a couple of them I somehow broke the connection to the commons, so I get I get update notifications on three of the five, but then I don't know why I didn't get updates on the other two. But all I had to do was go back into the, the cassette cartridge and then select those other two and re-import and it reconnected them in the process of updating. I believe, I, my guess would be, never tried it, but my guess would be yes if you download it, I think it's that. Like you, have you had any experience with material that comes from columns that is from another source? Uh, that you download and import into a course shell, and maybe the original developer for the course had proprietary links that are kind of important for the content, but they no longer work because you don't have the authentication approval to go to where the link is pointed. Yes, actually, within this particular course, we have had that. Um, uh, I'll show you an example. In our announcements, so in our announcements, we have links. In one of the first announcements, we have links to assignments within the course, which are like these two. So these two link to surveys within this particular course. So when this gets posted to uh, comments as a cassette and downloaded to another course, these links still point to the content on my course because they're absolute links. They don't update to the surveys on that course. So for those particular instances, we had to go in and edit the edit the announcement. I'm assuming it would work the same way on like assignments or anything else that has something like this, is edit this announcement to point to the, um, you know, point their quizzes, so to point to the quizzes in this particular course. Um, so yeah, that's, that's also a concern about if you grab a course from someone else and it doesn't there's things that link to specific quizzes or something within that course that will change. But in that case, since it was a Canvas quiz, it brought that over with it. It brought the quiz with it, right? But if it was sitting on the textbook company's website or something. But if if I go yeah. If it goes to a, if it goes if it's an outside URL like our links to YouTube or links to a box folder, 
those should, if they're visible by, if they're a shareable link or a shared link, that shouldn't really be an issue. It's, in this case, um, The links point to specific um, IDs. So this course ID and a quiz ID, that's a very specific um, quiz that's in this particular course. And so if, I, if this were to get translated into another course, that would break. So it's just a matter of then, in this case, it was just a matter of going into these um, and, re, and, and instead of deleting the links that were there and putting in this one instead from, from this particular course. So there is some of that customization that happens. The nice thing about it is once you've done this once and you re-update the course, as long as the master course, this hasn't really changed or hasn't changed in, it will leave it alone. Once you've done that once, you don't have to keep redoing it. So that is one instance where the, the updates won't ignore or will ignore this particular I think something else to consider besides sharing an entire course, you can export to Commons just a module. Consider maybe a module just on student expectation, grading policies, late, uh, late assignment uh, uh, yeah. rules. There's something a whole that's common among all your courses, just one module of information, exporting that to Commons, and you can bring that student orientation into all your courses to learn you need it. Yeah. On yeah. a smaller scale instead of an entire course. You can see here, I'm talking about just the whole course, but there are modules, assignments, quizzes, discussions, individual pages, all those things you can, on a much smaller level, share the comments and then put it into multiple courses. So you don't have to do the entire course, you can do just pieces of the course. Leon, have you tested with assignments to do it through comments? I haven't done anything with assignments. I'm curious how the assignments, the mapping, I don't know. I haven't tried that, but you know, I've heard pages, individual pages of information. But I think a whole module on student orientation that is common on all your classes, you share that out there in the department and share it, or you can put that in all your courses, update it in one spot. You can test it on assignments because, you know, when you copy an assignment, the mapping to the roster is the way I always get I don't know. I haven't tested the assignments. Maybe you can test it. And Ellen, it looks like this will work practically seamlessly reusing for a new semester. Yep. Any as soon as you set up a new course in Canvas, you can just, instead of update, it's just a import into course through Commons using the same module that links that module to the cartridge to that course. And then once those update, if the cassette gets updated from the master, then the new course will have those updates getting notified for those two. So yeah, that's really our long-term plan is to use this to, you know, from semester to semester to just propagate out because this is going to run. I mean, we're going to run 28 to 30 sections of this every semester, and we're trying to save ourselves as much time as possible. And generally, best practices you would just not use terminology like spring semester or fall semester. Just avoid any indication of time frame yes. that you could reuse as yes. possible. I mean, things like individual announcements that I put in the course, then fine. That's, that's yeah. But in the the core part of the course that is in the module or set, that we would maybe references to that off. Yeah. 
Or you just change in the master every semester? You could do that. You could update the master every semester to reference specific fall, spring, summer, whatever, and then export and then push a new cassette or update the cassette essentially as, as needed. Okay, so your intent is to copy your spring master to your fall master mm -hmm. and then take your fall master, upload that to comms, and then push the cartridge out to the other courses. And maybe even not that many steps. We might even use the same master. Okay, so that's, so that, that was, that's why I asked the question. So, if we're archiving on three-year basis Canvas material, does that create a problem for you four years from now? I don't think so because what we really want to be archiving is the actual 28 courses that it was sent out to. But won't your master also be archived? It's a course shell. Yeah, oh, it's going to get archived every like three years like we've done with Blackboard, isn't that? Previous course shells, like the sandbox course shells in Blackboard, both course shells and organization shells, were never wiped clean in the right. year plus one semester. So, so that's, in this not case, a, that's not an organization shell. We don't have organizations in campus. No, that also was for sandbox course shells as well. So, so they are an actual course right. shell that's actually a sandbox shell that has the same name as a course shell. Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. My understanding is it won't get archived and go away after. It should be because of the type it's of course. It's, it's not connected to a real semester. Right. It's not being populated by my red. Um, do you have anything inside any of your master modules? Do you use rubrics? Yes. And so the rubrics goes over fine, no problem. Rubrics. How about outcomes? Yeah. So you, is yours an ACE course? Do you have outcomes in yours? We do. Um, it's not currently certified as an ACE course, but we do have outcomes. Okay. They do transfer across. Yeah. But your outcomes are not the ACE outcomes. So you built it in your master course, and it carries through. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. There's been talk about making this an ACE. But I think it's that's that'll when that when we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, the, the outcomes and the modules or the rubrics populate through as well. Uh, okay. Well, thanks, Al. Thank you.